I loved you. Only me. Don't kill me. Don't kill me. Frank, don't kill me. No. No. I'm not going to kill you. I'm going to keep you. So you'll never go away. I'm just going to keep you. So you won't go away ever again. Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? East Society Podcast, 31 Days of Horror continues. Uh, Brian is with me tonight, so we are going to tackle the 1980 drama horror thriller. I I guess that's what they want to call it. Well, they throw crime in there. Crime thriller. Psychological slasher is what I see here, but I don't know. But anyway, uh, 1980s Maniac. Analysis Films, the distributors of the controversial box office hit Caligula, now bring you a new challenge. Maniac. No horror that ever froze your blood. No fear that ever inched its way up your spine. No terror that ever pinned you sweating to your seat can prepare you for. Maniac. You can tell yourself there's nothing out there, but you know better. You can sense something stalking the dark streets, something dangerously out of control. You know a madman's out there, and what he's looking for is you. If you think you've seen it all, you haven't seen anything until you've met the challenge of Maniac. I told you not to go out tonight. Tear the life out of you. No one under 17 admitted. A traumatic childhood leads a deranged mama's boy on a gruesome killing spree on the streets of New York City. All right, that was Google. Let's see what IMDb's got to say. One sentence. A psychotic man goes on a killing and mutilation spree in New York City. Come on, you guys. It was more than that, but all right. Well, it, sometimes there's a... Oh, that one's way, way too long. Let me see. Frank Zito misses his mother, who was killed in a car accident years before. She was an abuse. She was abusive to him and made money selling her body. But Frank still misses her. He tries to keep her from leaving him and reform her evil ways by killing young women and putting their scalps on mannequins, which he displays around his apartment. Photographer Anna D. Auntie, I think that's how you say it, takes a picture of him in the park and he pursues and befriends her. Is she the one he has been looking for? Just another or just another wannabe? Uh, okay, I kind of did something to it. But uh, yeah, it's described as a crime, drama, horror, thriller. 
Yeah, I, I, I can say that. Uh, a small little trivia note uh, what I was reading on some of the stuff. They were saying that they had to do some of this guerrilla style yeah. by, by just shooting a- a- anywhere. Probably maybe the, the crowd scenes because maybe they just couldn't uh, get everyone un- under control or something. Or I don't know. But um, Maybe the park, park scene. Yeah, I think you can really tell when some of the scenes... When he's just driving down the road or just filming stuff in the parks or wherever. or And so, but this is uh, one of those 80s exploitation films. Uh, it's shot really gritty, kind of uh, grindhouse style. But for back in the, back in the day, it was probably shot in 79. Um, but this was directed by William Lustine. And this stars... Joe, is it Spinell? Yeah. Uh, Gazzo from Rocky, if you guys remember him. And Frank, Mr. Mr. Gazzo. Yeah, Frank Zito. Uh, that's who uh, Joe Spinell's character is. Caroline Monroe as Anna. Abigail Clayton as Rita. Kelly Piper as Nurse Rita. Montone as Hooker. <laughs> uh, the great Tom Savini as Disco Boy. All right. A uh, Hala Morrow as Disco Girl and a bunch of other people in this. People walking around, nurses, uh, street hookers, and yeah. what have you. Beach boy, beach girl. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Brian, when was yes. the first time you seen Maniac? I actually, this took me a while to get to. I've seen bits and pieces to it, so I think my first time was actually a couple of years ago. I think we uh, we did it over at the Horror Returns. I think that was my first time really fully watching it, and I love this movie. It is, like you said, it's an exploitation, kind of grindhousey, uh, rough, dirty, sweaty type of movie. And Joe Spinell, I think he just knocks it out the park because he, this guy is just. To say he has problems is to put it lightly. This guy has got some issues. He's creepy. He is nasty. The even the scenes when he's not killing anybody, just when he watches him, he just does a uh, uh, you know that that breathing grunting thing he does. And I thought everybody did did great. And then of course you got the iconic Tom Savini scene. With him getting his head blown off with the shotgun, beautifully done. Yeah, I saw this the first time um, at the drive-in. Uh, didn't hear one word. I was watching another movie with my parents when they took us to see something, and I remember it was over on the next screen. And I remember just sitting there watching it. I think I really came on board when after. Uh, that scene when Tom Savini gets his head blown blown apart with a shotgun. I was like, whoa, what the hell is this? So I kind of was just looking out the window and I watched the whole thing. Had no idea what was what was going on. And just like, whoa. I mean, I wanted to at first I didn't know what it was called until we left. And I remember looking on the marquee and seeing Maniac and I don't remember what, what it was playing with. So when I actually saw it and heard all the dialogue is when it hit VHS. So um, 
I remember my my uh, cousin. I was telling him. I said, I want I want to see. They wouldn't let us rent rated our movies. And my cousin always rented uh, everything for us, even stuff we shouldn't be watching. But <laughs> we, we, um, the stuff behind the curtain. <laughs> he, mm. he, he was hella cool. Shout out to him. I won't name him, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we were sitting there watching this, and I remember him going, "You seen this before?" I said, "Yeah, at the drive-in." And he was like, "Whoa!" I mean, he—he's the one that took us to go see all kinds of movies i mean because if we couldn't get into a, a movie he took us because he was over 18 or i think it was like 18 or, or 19 at the time i don't remember but he was older than us so he, well whenever this came out on vhs i don't know exactly when but i was like oh man i said this movie's trippy and at this time you didn't realize it was gonna be a a cult classic you just it's, it was another horror movie whatever slasher type of movie that came out um like i like i've always said before in previous episodes and everything when i talk about these films of the 80s and 70s they were just boom boom coming out left and right i think mainly when the 80s hit when the slashers halloween and black christmas and all that some of the slashers of the 70s and halloween ended it up and then we got the Friday the 13th and everything. This also came out. This come out before Friday the 13th or after? Let me see. Because I believe Friday the 13th came out in May of 80. This came out in January. Oh, so this is... January in New York and then it got I guess released wide in March. Okay, so this was before Friday the 13th. So, but Watching it, I was kind of—I was just tripping out on what was going on. But then when I finally got to hear it, I was like, "Whoa, okay." I mean, I didn't know he was like speaking to himself and, and all this, all the the narration or the us hearing his mind. I was kind of like, "Whoa, this this guy's trippy." He just looked weird anyway. Um, I like I remember I remembered him from Rocky, but then he was just like a smooth little. Lone Shark pimp type of guy. And Tom Zavini, of course, I had noticed him from Dawn of the Dead and everything as one of the bikers. Or people always say, that's Sex Machine. I don't think that was his name in Dawn of the Dead, but whatever. All right. <laughs> but, but yeah, this movie, it this isn't a movie for everyone. It's really graphic. Um, It doesn't. it It's brutal to women. That's what uh, a lot of people are saying now. Um, and I, I get it. I, I understand. It is. I mean, pretty much all the most of the victims in this film is are, are female. There's, there's a few guys that, that get it, but it's mainly just the, the brutal killings and slashings and mutilation of, of women in this film. So I was kind of like, wow, man, this, this movie's crazy. Even even watching it now. I have it on Blu-ray. Shout out to my girl Sarah. She got it for me um, one of my birthdays a few years ago. I remember looking at it at uh, work, and she goes, "You you like that movie?" She didn't. Even, she doesn't watch these type of movies. She was just looking. If you're looking at the poster, uh, we see uh, Frank standing there. We just see from the torso down, and he's holding a scalp, and he's holding a big old, big old knife. I don't know what kind of knife that is. It says, "I warned you not to go out tonight, maniac." So don't, if you haven't seen, 
Did he no. warn anybody? I don't think so. <laughs> uh, don't watch the trailer because uh, if you're if you're looking up on IMDb and everything, the trailer's running through. They show way too much, and they even show the very very ending of the film in it. And I was like, whoa, what's happening here? <laughs> but um, but overall, again, the, I I love this movie. It, it's it's really brutal. I love it. Um, and just the the whole grittiness of it. Did they mean? To make it look that gritty I don't know Again this is way back in the day When it was actually filmed not digital So, And and I do get the guerrilla style Filming where they had to just film what they Could and hurry and and Put it out So um, But yeah this movie it it starts Off pretty much with a bang Um, He was it says right here He's an an Italian American landlord He was the landlord I don't know Of what what was his landlord of? I don't know. I mean, he was living in a basement apartment in New York somewhere. I, that's what it says here. It says American landlord Frank Zito is abused as a child by his prostitute, his prostitute mother, Carmen, and as a result becomes a serial killer who murders young women, scalps them, and attaches their hair to mannequins. I need to watch this over again because <laughs> this landlord thing's throwing me. Yeah, when I first read that, I went, I don't remember him. I, he was just living there being weird because he he has a crazy dream in, in the beginning. And it, and it kind of just wakes him up. And we're like, whoa, this is this is the type of movie we're getting already. Um, And, and I was kind of tripping on, on what was happening in this. I was like, whoa, what the hell is, is going on here? Um, But... As far as the brutality of women, I mean, knowing how today's society is now, what what do you think of when you see this film and think of today's standards? Oh, you you couldn't make this movie. The I mean, there is a remake, but you couldn't make this movie the way they made this movie. Mm-mm. Yeah, there that's... there would be an uproar. This this movie would probably not even get a theater release. This would be like a straight to streaming. And I honestly, I I don't even know which probably Tubi. not, not to down Tubi or anything, but I don't think if this was made today, the way this was made, I don't think any major streaming platform would pick it up right away. No, I think if they were to make Remake it a third, second time, <clears throat> or just if just say they just without this being made or the remake, if they just made it today, it, yeah, it wouldn't be on Netflix. It wouldn't be Amazon. It would be more of an indie film. I mean, there's a lot of indie stuff out there that people just throw on YouTube because that seems to be the only place. Um, if you don't have a big backing behind it to throw it out, I mean, I've I've seen some stuff. I mean, is it all good? Some is. Hit and miss, even with the lower budget stuff. I mean, the budget for this wasn't even that much. It says it was uh, three hundred and fifty thousand. Um, that was probably a lot back then. It's a lot to us that don't have that t- kind of money. But I think as of today's standards for a f- actual feature film, they uh, they probably probably at least even in the million low millions is considered low budget. But I'm like, all right, but that's just. With today's uh, inflation But I mean the movie does kick off 
uh, with a bang. We we see a couple out on the beach, and they're just kind of just waking up uh, early morning. Girlfriend's cold. Well, I'd be cold too under just one blanket. But she's kind of tells her <laughs> boyfriend, "Go go get some wood." So he's like, "All right." So he's out looking for camp firewood. Uh, she's still laying there, and then we see somebody come up behind her, start rubbing her back and her head. She thinks it's her boyfriend, but then he just pulls her head up and then just slices her throat. Uh, the effects of Tom Savini are just amazing. If you've seen Dawn of the Dead, if you've seen Friday the 13th, if you've seen The Burning, as well as this one, you, you know that he's all about uh, making it gory and bloody. I would like to see i know when they made made these type of films they they probably really went overboard with them but um sometimes they just don't when they cut films for the for the ratings board they just don't keep the what they cut they just leave it on the cutting room floor and get swept in the garbage so but i mean they said this is the uncut version but i don't know i mean every version i've seen it seems to be the same but it is brutal and that lady gets her throat cut, and it's like, uh, kind of like the Italian blood. It's like bright red. So, yeah, and she, but, she sold it with her scream, though. I'm surprised her her boyfriend didn't hear her screaming. Yeah, but they're on the beat, so you hear the crashing of the waves. So I mean, that that might have muffled it a little bit. And I don't know how far he walked away to go get firewood, but I he, was like, he had a good he got a good stack, so he might have <laughs> took took a walk. <laughs> yeah, but when he comes back and he sees her laying there, and then he just thinks everything's all good. Uh, but before he can even get to her, we see this uh, masked person come up from behind him and uh, strangles him with, I don't know, fishing wire or something. But he's uh, just squeezing it so hard. He drops all the firewood, he picks him up. And you just see the blood pouring out out of his neck. So again, shout out to Tom Savini for uh, this amazing uh, effect. But I don't know how tall uh, Frank Zito is, but he picks him up, and that guy's legs are just shaking and shaking and shaking as the blood's running down his yeah, neck. Yeah, and that was super violent. Yeah, I mean the the, the brutalness to to women, yes, but the way that guy went out, oh man, he felt. Every second of that thing around his neck and just ble- bleeding out as well. Says uh, Joe Spinell is only uh, 5'11". And that guy must have been short unless he was standing on something. <laughs> but So, but then he wakes up screaming, uh, our, our, our main guy, Frank Zito. He's, ah, he's screaming, then he kind of sits up. But then we see uh, he's in his apartment. And then we see somebody laying next to him, but it's a mannequin. And then we kind of get up and go around his room, and he's, we see that he's got uh, those scary dolls, those old-school dolls, the ones when their eyes open when you, when you pick them up. He's taking his uh, shirt off, and he's looking in the mirror, and we, we see that he's got, like, scars uh, on his chest. They look, um, I don't know if there were cuts or whatever. They, they kind of go into it, because he, he was abused. Uh, mm-hmm. When he was little, and I'm sure seeing what he saw with his mom being uh, a prostitute has just made him who he is. Because, like it said, it was just he just I don't know why he was murdering them 
And I kind of I remember there was things were saying you, you got to be a good girl. So I don't see. I mean, I'm not crazy, but just killing people to make them good girls or, or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> it, it was bonkers. I mean, a lot of the stuff when when you hear him talking to himself is just. It sounds like just rants, but it's just like it tells the audience like on how how crazy this guy is mm. inside of his head. Other than just looking around his apartment, seeing all these uh, mannequins and, and dolls and everything. Um, it kind of reminded me of which I at that movie scared me uh, for mannequins. Uh, if you guys have seen Tourist Trap, that one creeped me out. Did, did we do did we? Did we do that or did I do that with Mike? I think you did that with Mike. Oh, okay, but yeah, that movie that movie's trippy. That's and it's PG too. <laughs> but it was yeah. it was it was freaky. It's freaky, but there's parts in it that are hilarious. I know. Go back. I think I don't remember what year we did it, but go back uh, a couple years, maybe last year, and uh, listen to that one. <laughs> but because that one was funny though, because man, shout out to those guys that did the effects in that one. They, they were cheesy and you could see the strings but hey it was a movie and it, it did its job it scared me when i first saw it and it scared me the last time we were watching it because i i don't know i just don't like mannequins i don't like um uh the ventriloquist dummies Ugh, I, I don't know and uh, you know you don't like magic what's that movie with anthony hopkins that that's not even a horror movie everyone <laughs> it seemed scary because of the the Anthony Hopkins, uh, I can't remember the name of his his dummy or whatever, but it just looked creepy. I remember that trailer scared me when I was little, just seeing the TV spot. Um, and uh, Goosebumps, Slappy guy, and my grandson loves Slappy. He's got one sitting in the living room that stares at me when I'm watching TV. Sometimes I got to put something over him. I don't, I don't like him. It's just those... Dead eyes staring at me while I'm watching TV. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, so, yeah, he, he's doing his thing and just roaming the streets of uh, late 70s New York. Um, that, that's what I was. These, these old movies like that, when, when they film them in New York, it made me not want to go to New York because it just looked scummy. And you figured there'd be hookers everywhere. I've been to New York a few times and I. I haven't seen any hookers walking around Times Square. But, yeah, he picks up a uh, – he's walking around, and these girls kind of, hey, do you want to party and all this? And kind of like, well, how much? And cheap prices back in the day. I think it was like 25 bucks for uh, the regular or whatever. I don't know. She started rambling off the the uh, the prices for, for this and that and – I can't remember if she said the works or something. I don't yeah, know sure. The, you get the works for a hundred. She she <laughs> she got to make rent. <laughs> I don't know what the works are, but <laughs> yeah, because it, it kind of I forgot exactly what she listed, but it kind of like fifty sounded like you would get everything. So I don't know what the works is. I I don't know. This isn't the the graphic hour <laughs> so I don't know, let's just say she's generous with for everywhere but anyway so yeah they go into this little scummy pay by the hour uh motel and probably like pays more for it because oh there's a tv in there oh you got uh 
the tax and you got this and you got that fee that they they tack on you because the room was probably only like 12 bucks but then when you end up leaving it's probably like 50 with all the extra add-ons but so they go upstairs and she's doing her thing and and she's just starts telling him what she's doing and he's just like looking at her and watching her i mean he's not naked or nothing he's just laying there in the bed and she's like in her gymnastics wear but uh he kind of just wants her to to lay by him so because he tells her like just leave your clothes on so she kind of climbs on top of him and starts kissing and then he kind of rolls over on her and then he gets off and then they're just kind of talking this and that and then all of a sudden he just grabs her throat and just she thinks it's playful and at first and then he's just choking her i like the the camera shots they did of this because when we see him staring down at her with these evil bold bulgy eyes and he's all sweaty and he's just strangling her to death and she's just she didn't like she's kind of screaming but he's basically just choking her out so and then Mm -hmm. that's it's it's a, it it's a brutal scene because these these scenes of the death of the women they go they go on and on. It's not like just really quick and it's done. So I don't know. There, I mean, this during this first kill scene when when he's strangling her or second kill scene when he's strangling her is that his mom that he sees? Because yeah. they show a different girl. Okay, that was his mom. Yeah, that's what I that's what what I took from it. Okay. Because, like you said, that we said that his mom was a uh, was a hooker when when he was a kid. So, but he just he just strangles her to death, and and then that's pretty much the end of her. But then it's weird though because when he when he he's killing these women, he's doing it. But then when he's done, he feels like he, he's got these expressions on his face, like why why did I do this? What, what am I doing? So it it was it was kind of weird on on how he felt because he he ends up running into the bathroom and and throwing up and everything, and then he starts crying, and then he's kind of like just why'd you make me do this and all that. So I don't know. I think he is blaming his mom in his head on what why he's doing this to the women. That that this is what I'm getting from all, all his little uh, rants that he goes on. But then he pulls out a little pocket knife and then just commences to scalping her and again tom savini master of special effects some of this looked real (laughs) Mm -hmm. you can clearly see that it's prosthetics over her head but the blending of the skin uh and her her uh, her skin tone they did a really good job because after he slices her head, I don't know how strong you got to be to just pull or to scalp or to pull the whole top uh, of her head off. Because it slides off pretty easy. But as he's, as he's doing, I'm watching this, everyone. As he's doing this, you could see him just like crying and has that, why am I doing this look? But I, it's, I don't know. I'm, I, can't, I'm, I don't know the mind of a maniac, it quotes. <laughs> But uh, it's brutal, and like I said, the scenes go on and on. I mean, watching these, it's again, I love this film, but I do feel a little bit of what, what am I watching? I mean, do you feel like that sometimes? 
Yeah, and then I was going to, a quick question I was going to ask you. Do you think this film drew inspiration from Psycho? The 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 kind of inner struggle he's got going on in his mind with his mother saying, why'd you make me do that? Uh, now that you say that, yes, I could clearly see a Psycho connection. Because between Psycho and this one, has there been other... Mommy made me do it. Movies. I, I I heard that phrase from some other podcast. Uh, that's a good. That's a good question. Uh, I, I if we, if we had to do the research, maybe there's some in between. But I, I have off the top of my head, I have no idea. But when he gets back home, this is what he does with the scalps that I thought was pretty just. Crazy and brutal. Again, he's got all his mannequins. He's got one mannequin that he sleeps with. Uh, and she's got hair on and she's got blood running down her face. So we know that this wasn't the first time he has done this. Um, because he gets uh, the hair that he had, the, the scalp that he took, and he kind of nails it onto uh, another mannequin in there. And he because he i don't know where he gets all these mannequins from but he just gets them and then he uh put the um what was like a thumbtack or something or one of those push pins and just pins it onto um onto the the head of the of the mannequins yeah i don't know how it smells in there but uh, <laughs> It, it must smell pretty raw uh, with just rotting flesh and dry blood and everything. Yeah, I, mean, I, I got to go back because he can't be the landlord of this building because somebody would smell all that going on. Unless it's just a real scummy apartment and it just stinks anyway. <laughs> so yeah. I can tell you, but he he uh, after he killed that lady and I. I we never hear anything else afterwards, but he pretty much stole all of her clothes because he, when he comes home with that new mannequin, he puts the clothes on that he that she had on, and then puts her her scalp on top of the uh, the mannequin's head, and I, I don't know, man, that that's how crazy it is. I'm thinking, well, maybe you should clean it off, clean off the blood and everything, so it won't be uh so crazy but yeah he he pulls out uh, these little tacks and then nails it on onto the head so it, it's it's rough he does uh read the paper and he sees thing that there's a there's a killer out in new york and um that's pretty much what he does throughout this film other than talking to himself i, mean, I kind of went play by play with this one because that that's to show what struggle that he's going through because then he does this numerous other times throughout the film uh with other women but i think a lot of people when they do talk about this film they talk about this next scene because he's loading up with all his stuff he grabs um uh, a shotgun he breaks it all down and he puts it in a, a little violin case and then he uh he heads out the door and uh he just starts uh patrolling the street to get in his old beat-up car and starts roaming around the streets of new york uh, this is when we get to the we see the disco boy and disco girl, uh, Tom Savini, and he's glorious. 
from from the seventies with his big old thick uh, caterpillar mustache. <laughs> uh, I don't know why he picked them. He just randomly picked these people. Yeah, he's watching them and he's doing his. Because <sighs> <sighs> yeah. he follows them, uh, they kind of pull over, and then Tom is uh, or Disco Boy. He's he's trying to make his move on her, and she's kind of really not having it. But he's he's throwing his game down, spitting it, trying to tell her whatever. They kind of pull over by uh, one of the bridges. I don't I don't know which uh, bridge that is in New York, uh, but then they get in the back seat. And uh, we see um, Frank coming over to the car. And then uh, they're about to get busy. And then all of a sudden they hear they hear some stuff because then they jump uh, into the front seat. And then they're about getting ready to um, take off. But then all of a sudden we see this because she's yelling that somebody's out there. And he's like, yeah, whatever. No one's there. Cause he, he turns on the car. And the headlight kicks in. The headlights come on. And then we see uh, Frank run and jump up onto the hood of the car. And and Tom Savini is just like, what the fuck? And this is all in slow motion. Glorious slow motion. And the amazing effects of Tom Savini. Frank Zito kneels down and boom, shoots uh, Disco Boy in the head. And I think he, he didn't hit him with both barrels, but one barrel enough that close, uh, probably like maybe three feet away from him. And boom, you just see his head just blow apart. And uh, practical effects are way better than CGI effects, no matter who does mm-hmm. those things. But Tom Savini did an amazing job. When you bring up Tom Savini anytime, if you guys know who he is, do you think? Think of the special effects that he did, and this was probably probably my favorite. I, mean, I love all the stuff he did in Friday the Thirteenth and in the Burning, but this one was probably to me top topped it all. Even Dawn of the Dead, when they blew that guy's head apart, when they when the the um, SWAT team in the beginning <laughs> went in there. <laughs> but <laughs> this one, oh man, because when the blood flies everywhere, it just flies all over that chick, the disco girl, and she jumps in the back seat and she's screaming. And Frank Zito comes around and he's just looking at her and she's screaming and they know where she can run. And he just sticks the shotgun uh, in the car and just feet away from her and boom, she gets it. He kind of toys with her for a second. He's just holding the, the barrel up to her face. Not, he doesn't he doesn't immediately pull the trigger. He's just kind of doing his little grunting, breathing thing. He's just holding the shotgun right to her face, and then he pulls the trigger. Yeah, we don't see her her head blow apart. They probably blew all their budget uh, with uh, Tom Zavini. But yeah, yeah she, we, we, we got enough for Tom. Because <laughs> that was, like I said, that was glorious slow motion. If you, want, if you haven't seen this and you want to see that scene, go to YouTube. It's there. <laughs> so, and Dawn of the Dead as well, if you want to see that, that head scene. Uh, it's not as good as this. It's good. I loved it back then. Dawn of the Dead is still my favorite zombie movie, but now nah, this one, this one took the cake when they blew, uh, got his head blown off. But yeah, then we go just go back to his apartment and he's kind of just listening to the news on, on what's going on. But he's uh, more of him just talking to himself and he's talking to his his mannequins and just the craziness. I mean, it 
to just sit there and to watch to watch um Joe Spinell do 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 what he did in this film, but to to listen to the the dialogue that he has that that, that went along and you could it just shows and you can hear how crazy uh he was. And I, I mean in a way I do feel sorry for him for what he went through as a little kid. I don't think anybody, no matter what age you are, should have to go through torture of just the physical and, and the mental uh abuse that this guy went through. I mean, yeah, he he's a murderer and he he's the bad guy, but he wasn't I don't know really. I mean, that's a, a, another argument or another conversation to are you born this way or do you just get this way? I don't know. Some people say you're born this way and you're going to be crazy and then there's then there's people that you were made like this. We can clearly see that in this film he was uh what we're, what were what the audience um is told that he is was abused and everything because of, of the stuff he had seen when he was a kid. So I right. I felt sorry for him that much. Or it could be both. The the abuse could have unlocked something that was always there. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, you're you'd be born that way, but I, I don't know. I mean, I, I again watching this the, the the many times I've seen it, I I do feel a little for our main character in this. All right, next scene we see guys, kids, just playing in the park, and we see. Uh, Frank walking around. This is when we're introduced to Anna. She or Anna, Anna, whatever you want to call her. She's taking pictures. She ends up taking a picture of Frank. This little girl kind of almost runs into him, and uh, and he just kind of stops her, and then she rides off. But then he notices her notices her walking around filming or taking pictures. So he just kind of like starts to uh, follow her. He goes over to her bag. He kind of kneels down and sees her name and her dress. So he's kind of all right. Her whole life was on that tag. Yeah, it was. <laughs> First last name, address, phone number, everything. So then he just starts. He goes into creepy mode and and just starts to to follow her. Um, and then he's just picking. He's just picking random women from here on out. Because the next victim he gets is a nurse. He kind of follows uh, her, and and she's uh was waiting for a ride, but I guess it didn't show up. So she starts walking, and then she's turning around. She notices that he's coming. She ends up running into the um, train station, uh, trying to get away from him. And I loved all the camera work. It's like uh, that first person camera where we see the camera, mm-hmm. and she's just running for her life, trying to get on a train, but the doors are shut and and, and can't leave. Um. Train stations are scary, period. I mean, especially at night when no one's around, especially late at night. And I'm sure she got off uh, after a late shift. So she kind of runs. She knows she knows he's coming after her. So she kind of, I don't know why she ran into a bathroom, but she she runs into a bathroom to hide. And he kind of goes in there and finds her. And then we, you know where it goes. Because she he comes in, but then he kind of leaves and she thinks uh, everything is all good. But then he kind of springs out of hiding and then ends up killing her. And she is it's crazy because I like this scene, though. Um, she's kneeling down and she's washing her face because she's scared, thinking everything is safe. The audience knows when she gets back up, he's going to be in the mirror. And that's exactly what happens because uh, the camera goes down and while she's washing her face. 
and then she sits back up and then boom he's right behind her and he's got this big bayonet that he has and he just shoves it through her back and comes out of her chest and the 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 crazy shit that he was saying to her as he's doing it and he says this is what you like baby isn't it this is what you like isn't it and she's just oh man he's just saying crazy shit so that's that's the end of her and I don't know where he got this big bayonet from, but all right. <laughs> so he, he just uh, he ends up killing her, and of course he scalps her and, and takes takes what he can because he also takes all of her her clothes. Because in the next scene we see him, he's in his home and he's uh, he dressed her. He's got her scalp and he's nailing it onto another um, mannequin. All right, so now that he's Picked his next target, Anna. She, we see her that she's just a photographer. She's doing her thing. Uh, he comes over to her house, um, saying, "What did he say? He was a agent or something?" I think, yeah, I think that's what he said. Okay, it says days here later, Frank heads to Anna's apartment and is invited inside by Anna after he she recognizes after she she recognizes him from the photo she took of him. All right. Uh, he's all nicely dressed. He still looks all scummy, but um, <laughs> he talks his way in the, into it. Uh, and she notices, she remembers him from the pictures that she took. And then she's like real friendly. Oh, yeah, well, come on in. So, all right. So she kind of explains what she does. And he's just, yeah, 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 whatever. And um, okay. And then they kind of make talk and they go. To, she He asked her to go out to dinner. And uh, this scene kind of goes on and on and on. Because then we go to the dinner, the dinner date, and it's just more talking about what they do. And I don't know if they were just building, killing time with this. I think a lot of this could have got cut out, but all right. So we see that uh, we are, we already know she's a photographer. She's doing uh, her modeling gigs and everything. And he's kind of just there hanging out, watching her in action. And, um, he brings her a gift and everything. He thinks she thinks just he's a nice guy. So, but we all know deep down he's the the crazy, crazy dude. So, I think that's what they were trying to do this with this whole section of the movie. They're trying to show you that he has the ability to to be nice. To be suave. Yeah. But then, of course, his. Uh, his trauma kicks in, you know, his voices of his mom kicks in. And I think that that doesn't allow him to have this type of social life that he seems to be able to to have. Because he, he doesn't have no problem talking to women. Yeah. Just has a I mean, problem keeping him alive. <laughs> he doesn't, when he's out killing, he looks all scummy and everything, but. Uh, this little, and he, his little beanie on. Yeah. <laughs> it says upon asking her out for dinner, she later he later shows up at a uh, hers a photo of his mother who had died in a car crash years ago. A few days later, Frank is invited to Anna uh, studio during a photography session. She's introduced to her models, Rita. Uh, her models, Rita, to him. After seeing the two talking and holding hand, he steals Rita's necklace and leaves. Later the same night, he arrives. At Rita's apartment to give her the necklace back before attacking her and trying tying her to the bed. Yeah, we see this. Go ahead. I was gonna say this was 
so many red flags. You just met this guy. He knows where you live. He has your necklace. He's got the damn murder beanie on. I mean, come on now, Rita. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I mean, it's, she didn't even question how he found out where she lived. She was yeah, just, oh, like, thank you for the necklace. And like nobody questions anything. She does look through the the people, and he's like, "Hey, Rita, it's, it's Frank," and she's like, "Yeah," and no chain on the door. And he's just like, you lose something, and he holds up her necklace. And oh, where'd you find this? Come on in. And he's just kind of, oh, yeah, I found it, studio. Figure you'd want it, and I'd bring it on over. When yeah, it doesn't even question. I'm like, well, how did you know where I lived? <laughs> but while he's talking to her, he's being all. He reaches down. This this is the old locks that are in the door, kind of in the on the door frame. He kind of leans down and uh, pushes the button to where it stays. Uh, unlocked so she just shuts the door doesn't double lock the the bolt lock or anything and then he's like all right i'll see you later and then she he takes off and then she goes back to doing uh what she was doing she was about to get in the bath so of course we got to see some boobs in this so she gets in her in her tub and then he comes into the house and we see that he's uh sneaking around she doesn't know what's going on she gets out of the bath she starts doing her thing and then um, he I don't even knocked her out or something I can't remember, but he ends up tying her uh to the bed, and uh, he like gagged her and, and everything. So then he starts talking to her, and because he's like telling her like I don't want to hurt you, and he goes I only want to talk to you, and she's like all right, but he goes I'll take out take you to promise not to scream, take the gag out of her mouth, and then he goes he takes it out of her mouth. And then she goes, you can trust me. And he goes, you know, you can. And he's just talking to her. And then he's, I don't know. I think at all of this, no matter what you, what he's saying, you know something bad's going to happen if you kind of come to and you're tied to a bed. But he's just telling her, she's like, well, just let me go. And he's telling her, no, I'll never let you go. And I don't know if the demons inside were fighting with him, <laughs> but... He, because he, there was this. This is like the longest conversation he had with a woman before he killed her. Because usually the other ones, he just kind of just strangled them, and and that was it. But he starts uh, talking, and he's kind of going back and forth uh, about his mom. And then he starts. Uh, is this the scene when he starts crying? Yeah. Yeah, because he just starts crying. He pulls out his uh, switchblade. And it's kind of like running it down her chest. And you, again, like I said earlier, when you, we see that he's fighting with so much in his head because the way he, his eyes and his facial expressions are, you see that he doesn't want to do it. She's even telling me, she's like, Frank, you don't want to kill me. You don't want to kill me. And and he's, he tells her, look, I'm not going to kill you. But he's saying, like, I want to keep you. And she she doesn't know what the hell's going on. But then after this huge, huge uh, conversation, he just uh, sticks the knife like slowly into her. And then he's like crying and he kneels down and starts hugging her. And then he's calling her mommy as he's crying. And I remember watching this for the first time going, what the fuck is going on? And, and <laughs> even now watching it, it's like, oh, my God. Um, 
because it's not i mean you see blood and everything but it's not really bloody and gory because he lays on top of her and then he's just uh hugging her and then he he does this thing i like this shot though because once he starts uh scalping her we see uh like the camera looking at him and we see blood it's like we're it's like the the camera view is from her eyes because we see him and then blood starts running in front of, of the camera and then we go back to his apartment and he sees uh another mannequin that he bring in puts her clothes on or her little um night or her little uh her robe that she was wearing he puts that on her and tackles or take nails on the the scalp and then he kind of sits around more uh insane talking to himself and then we see uh anna he's starting to talk to her again she wants he wants to see her he actually picks her up um and they're gonna go for a drive but they were going out to wherever to see the grave of his mother so she's there and he's he's starting to talk and then he's starting to um get say some some crazy stuff to her and she's starting to like about his mom talking about i miss you and this and that and then he's like she's like starting to get all scared and then he like grabs her by the throat and tries to choke her and she's like get off me so she pushes him off and then starts running uh through the graveyard and he's she's trying to get away from him she starts to hide but then um she comes up from behind him because he kind of lost her and she comes running up behind with a shovel and then like slams it into his arm or kind of like cuts him in, in the shoulder in the arm because we see blood flying everywhere and he goes down and then she kind of takes off and he starts chasing her and then um the, all this is all at night and i love the the little fog machines <laughs> that they're using so this part was kind of creepy though because he other than he's just going crazy he goes back to his grandma or his mom's uh grave site and he kneels down and he's crying and her arms come out of the grave and grabs his head and we see uh her corpse with maggots in her eyes and she's screaming and he's ah uh and then he like sits up and again it was all in in his crazy head uh because when that happened i remember going, whoa it's, it's turning into a zombie movie but now nah, again he's crazy and it's all in his head <laughs> so he kind of just struggles and goes back he makes it back to his apartment and he gets in there his arm is bleeding he lays on his bed and he starts looking around and the, the camera is just going around on all his mannequins and blood is, is all over them. And he's looking around, he's moaning around because, uh, cause he's hurt still. He didn't uh, try to go to the hospital or anything and get himself fixed. But the, the camera shots that are swinging around showing all the mannequins. And then all of a sudden he just kind of really loses it. Cause he, he's laying on his side, but then he turns over and looks at all the mannequins he sees them all sitting there and then all of a sudden they start turning and moving and it's all the women that he killed in this movie the actual actresses um their faces are all bloody from from the scalps on their heads and they all pick up all his little murder weapons that he used throughout this film minus the the shotgun and then they just start going going to town no one of them picked up the shotgun 
uh, they just start going to work on him. They just start slicing him and cutting him with machetes. They tear open his shirt. Uh, they're stabbing him, and he's just blood's coming out of his mouth, and they cut his arms off. And this part was pretty glorious. <laughs> While he's laying there screaming, and they're all hold of him, they start to pull his head, and then they just pull it clean off. Um, it's really, really graphic and brutal, but man, it's it, it was awesome. They reminded me of uh, the zombies in Dawn of the Dead because of Tom Savini, because they had that blue, bluish tint to their face. Mm -hmm. But they just tear his head all the way off. And the way they're filming this, it, it, it looks awesome. And it just looks like a bunch of zombies on top of this guy eating him. But uh, they're not. They just they just tear him apart, and the camera kind of pulls back. We go to the next morning, and we see the police. Uh, Anna went to the police. Uh, they, they, she knows his name. They look it up. They find out where he lives. They end up racing to his house. They kind of kick in the door and we see, uh, Frank laying there in the bed. We see the mannequins all posted up back where they were. Uh, he's not mangled or anything. He's still all put together. That was all in his head, what they did to him. But we see that, uh, he got, uh, the bayonet that he killed one of the women, women with, and he stabbed himself uh, in the gut because the cops just look at him. I mean, this is police work. They're just coming in. Eh, he's dead, whatever. And then they just walk out. So, <laughs> Shut the door. Yeah. They just, <laughs> they, just, they just turn around and look at him like, man, what the hell? They, they just shut the door. Well, they figured he ain't going anywhere. Yeah, so nothing wait. to do here. Yeah, They, they got to wait for everyone else to come get him. Uh, but I like this. We, the, the camera turns uh, over to uh, Frank and starts slowly uh, panning in on him. And then when we get a kind of a closer look, we see that that bayonet he stabbed uh, into his stomach uh, and he's just laying there. But then the camera goes up to his face and then he opens his eyes and it zooms in maniac. And that's your movie. Maniac 2. I'm surprised we didn't get another one. Uh, I mean, seriously, usually with these type of films, they just throw them at us constantly, especially in the 80s. So, but I mean, the, this movie is super graphic. It is it is brutal. So, I mean, it's it's not for everyone. Um, I think it's on Prime if you guys are Prime members or watchers or whatever. So definitely check it out if you haven't seen it if you've seen this already and you haven't seen it for a while um and we're selling it to you i say watch it but if yeah. you haven't seen this and you've listened to this whole review and you're disgusted about what we're saying and describing and um again this isn't a movie this isn't a movie for everyone so be warned on uh, what we bring to you guys this month. <laughs> so, I mean, some of them are just your basic clasher thing, but stuff like this. Um, I think this is probably the most brutal one so far. Well, we've only yeah. been, we haven't been too, too, too much into it, but I think as far as everything else that we got for you this month, this is probably the, the most brutal. One. Well, we got another brutal one for you because, uh, like we mentioned, uh, this did get a remake that, mm. um, came out in 2012 that when it was i think so yeah 2012 with the with the remake of this film i don't know if it was in theater 
Um, I didn't see that one until it came out on uh, when it came out. <laughs> That's when I saw it. But uh, again, Maniac 1980. Uh, if you got Prime, check it out. Um, if you don't want to check it out, don't check it out. But I, I do suggest if you have any interest seeing the uh, the head explosion scene, <laughs> just watch. Well, watch that clip on uh, YouTube because it was glorious. You I, may think, I think I think there is a whole copy of the movie on YouTube. Oh, well, you probably have to search for it because I I don't I didn't I didn't even look I just went straight to Prime because I knew it was on there. But all right, everyone. Well, before we get out, anything else on this film? No, check it out. Like like Ness said, it, it is brutal, it is graphic, but I think it, it deserves its cult classic status. It's just it's one of those it's one of those slasher movies. When, once you see it, 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 you don't you don't get the images out of your head. And a great great performance from uh, Joe Spinell. Yep, definitely. Um, did we? I think he passed away, didn't he? Yeah, he he passed. All right, because yeah, he he's done a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, he passed. Oh dang, he was only fifty-two and eighty-nine. Uh, other than Rocky and Godfather, um, and other things he's done, uh, Rocky was probably the biggest thing that I had seen him in because I think he did the first two films, and uh, he was awesome, Gazzo. But anyway, yeah, Joe Spinell, rest in peace. But with that, everyone, that is going to be it this episode with 1980s Maniac. So, again, check it out if you want. And if you don't, you could I probably reasons why you don't want to watch it. <laughs> so, but anyway, with that, everyone, uh, come back tomorrow for more. Um, you know what? Come back. We're going to do the remake. Come back tomorrow <laughs> for that one. So uh, until then, everyone, be safe out there and party on.